Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello and thank you for joining me today for episode nine. I am your host, Richard Maricut. My goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, for today's topic, we'll be going over some information on um, exactly what is a will and why you may need one based on an article written by Investorpedia.com. Um, before we begin, just a reminder, I'm not a financial advisor and this information is for um, educational purposes only. Always consult with your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions based on your own situation. So what is a will? Um, a will is a legal document that sets forth your wishes regarding the distribution of your property um, and the care of, of minor children, uh, if applicable. Um, if you die without a will, those wishes may not be carried out. Uh, furthermore, your heirs may end up um, spending a lot of time, money, and emotional energy uh, to settle your affairs after you're gone. Uh, that's where wills can vary in their effectiveness depending on the type. Uh, though no document will likely resolve every issue that arises after your death, um, wills can definitely help uh, keep things organized to the best of its ability. So here's what you need to know about uh, these important documents. Uh, again, we'll go over a little bit more in depth, but you know, uh, one thing to keep in mind is a will is a, again, legal document that spells out your wishes regarding the care of your children, um, as well as distribution for your assets after your death. Um, Failure to prepare a will typically leaves decisions about your estate in the hands of either judges uh, and or state officials and may also cause, uh, you know, some family turmoil, right? Um, I think some of you may have seen anytime someone passes, especially if there's assets involved, they can often cause friction between family members um, because everyone may have their own interpretation of what the person who passed may have wanted uh, their assets to go or how they wanted it divided. Um, you can prepare a valid will yourself, uh, but you should have the document witnessed uh, to decrease the likelihood of a successful challenges later in the year. And then to, com to be completely sure everything is in order, always consider having your will prepared either by a trust and or estate's attorney that specializes um, in, in putting wills together. So why should you have a will? Um, some people think that only the very wealthy or those with complicated assets need wills. However, there are many good reasons um, for the average person to have a will. First, you, know, you can be clear about who gets your assets. You can decide uh, who gets what and how much. Uh, second thing is you can keep your assets out of the hands of people that you don't want to have them, um, especially if it's estranged relatives, you know, folks that maybe you just no longer have relationships with. 
you want to make sure that, um, again, your assets are kept only into uh, those that you want to receive them. Third is that you can identify who should care for your children. Um, again, if applicable, uh, if you happen to pass away and you're the only parent, um, you know, a will helps you ensure that your children are taken care of by uh, the person or persons that you identify um, th that you trust, right? Um, without a will, this is typically where the courts will decide. The fourth is your heirs will have a faster and easier time getting access to your assets, right? So again, uh, the, the purpose of the will is to be very concise with your direction. So, um, you know, at, assuming at the time you put your will together, you were very thorough in um, the instructions, uh, this will help your heirs or family members uh, get exactly uh, the exactly what you wanted them to get the amount uh, types of assets etc so there's no uh, misinterpretation of what you would have wanted and then the fifth thing is you can plan to save your estate money on taxes um, you can also give uh, gifts and charitable donations which can help offset the estate tax so you know some people choose to take their assets um, and instead of giving them to family members, uh, they may decide to gift some of their assets and or money, again, to charitable organizations. Um, a written witnessed um, will is often the best, right? Um, to maximize the likelihood that your wishes will be carried out, um, you can create what's known as a, a testamentary will. Uh, this is the most familiar type of will because you prepare the document and then you get it signed by uh, a witness uh, in presence, right? It's probably the best uh, insurance against successful challenges to the will, um, to your wishes by a family member or business associates after you die. Um, you can definitely create one yourself, uh, but if you do go that route, uh, make sure to have it uh, prepared by a trust and or a state attorney for a greater insurance and protection against that. Now, there are other, there are other types of um, wills, um, inheritance wills. Uh, while the testamentary uh, will is likely your best bet, several other types of wills get varying degrees of recognition. The first one is the holographic wills. Um, wills written and signed by a testator uh, but not witnessed are known as holographic wills. Um, from the less common secondary meaning, the word holographic, meaning a document that's handwritten by its author. You know, such wills are often used when it's um, when it's time in. There's very little time or short notice, and where maybe witnesses are unavailable. For example, would be, you know, if you're in a trapped in a life life-threatening accident, right? So you you don't really have time to plan. Holographic wills typically can be used in this type of situation. Now, one thing to keep in mind, however, is holographic wills are uh, sometimes not recognized in, in all states. Um, in states that permit the documents, you know, the will must meet minimal requirements, uh, such as a proof that the testator wrote it and that the he or she had the mental capacity to do so. Um, and even then, the absence of witnesses often leads to challenges to the will's validity, right? Because, 
again, you're you're doing this without witness presence um, and or there might be witnesses, but it might not be someone that would have normally witnessed the the will in the first place again because of a uh, life threatening situation. Right. So, again, although it's it could be valid in some states, it could also present loopholes and being challenged by family members, um, again, depending on the situation. Uh, the next two types are the oral and uh, pour over. So the oral will um, is least uh, widely recognized um, in which the testator speaks their wishes before witnesses. So again, they're not writing them down. Um, they're speaking them. Keep in mind, however, when, when you lack a written record um, or at least one prepared by the testator, um, there's typically challenge that, that can be presented in in courts. Um, and sometimes courts may not even recognize oral wills. So again, uh, depends on the state. So make sure that you do your research based on the state that you live and decide to write your will. The pour over wills um, is another type of will, but it is used in conjunction with creating a trust uh, in which your assets flow. So Again, not really uh, a standalone. It's more of a uh, addition to. Okay. Um, lastly, we have a mutual will. Um, so a married or a committed couple usually executes this type of will. Um, after one party dies, the remaining party is bound by the terms of the mutual will. Um, these types of wills can be used to ensure that the property passes to the deceased children rather than to a new spouse. Uh, because of state differences in contract law, a mutual will uh, should be established with the legal professional's help. Uh, though the terms sound similar, mutual will should not be confused with a joint will. Again, so if you're in a situation where you're married um, and, and or with a business partner, you may want to be very specific and look into getting you know legal professional help in creating this so you can make sure that after your passing, um, that it's not manipulated and or um, taken into a different context than what you may have originally intended. Now, a joint will is a single document executed by more than one person, uh, typically between spouses, making um, which which does have an effect in relation to um, his or her death warrant, right? So the will during his or her lifetime, um, you know, the spouse can um, challenge, um, you know, it makes it easier to challenge, I should say, right? So um, the joint will is a separate distribution of property by each executor uh, and will be treated as such on admission to probate. So what does a will cover? Um, a will allows you to direct, again, how your belongings, such as bank balances, property, or price possessions should be distributed. Um, if you have business or investments, um, you can specify who will receive those assets, when they will receive those assets. Um, again, so you have very specific direction when it comes to that. Uh, a will also allows you to direct, to direct assets to charity or charities of your choice. Um, similarly, if you wish to leave assets to an institution or organization, um, a will can assure you that your wishes are carried out. 
while wills generally address the bulk of your assets, um, you know, some aren't covered by their directions. So those omissions include, you know, payouts from a testator's life insurance policy. Um, since the policy has specified beneficiaries, those individuals will receive uh, those proceeds. Uh, and the same will apply for an investment account that are designated as transfer on death. Um, so in addition to directing your assets, it will states your preferences for um, who should take over as guardian for your minor, minor children in the event of your death. So, you know, you know, we went over a lot of, um, you know, what the benefits of, of a will, right? Um, but now the question, what happens if you don't have a will? Um, so if you die in state, that is without a will, uh, you're opening yourself to the state overseeing um, your assets being distributed, uh, which will typically be distributed according to a set of very specific formulas in that state. Um, because of the elective share and community property provisions mentioned, um, the formula often results in half of your uh, estate or assets going to your spouse, um, and the other half going to your children. Um, you know, in these type of scenarios, sometimes results um, can result in the sale of a house, the family house, or other assets which can um, negatively affect the surviving spouse who may have continued on as the bulk, uh, you know, the, the primary person of your assets to maintain the living uh, or standard of living, right? Um, further complications may ensue, right? If your children are minors, uh, as a court will appoint a representative to look um, after their best interest. So again, you know, if you don't have a will, you leave those things open for uh, potential judge and or states to become involved. Now, if you if you're at a point where you're listening to this show and um, you know you're wondering, you know, what are what are the next steps? Uh, so there's a eight steps shared by uh, nolo.com um, and I'll just go over these uh, to give you an idea of how to get started. So step number one is decide, um, you know, what property and type of assets do you want to include in your will? Number two is decide who will inherit your property or assets. Three, choose an executor to handle your estate. Four, choose a guardian for your children, if applicable. Uh, five is choose someone to manage your children's property, again, if applicable. Uh, six is make your will, right? So strong recommendation if you've never done this before is hire a lawyer. Um, uh, if you do decide to make it yourself, you know, the strong recommendation is to have an estate or um, a lawyer that specializes in wills. Um, to to sign over or look over to make sure that it, it truly would support what your intentions are. Number seven would be to sign your will in front of witnesses. And finally, number eight is to ensure that you store your will safely, uh, right? So in the event of your passing, you want to make sure that uh, your will is uh, in the hands of someone who can ensure the uh, instructions are carried out as you designed. 
So that's it for today's podcast. Um, if you enjoyed today's session, I'd appreciate you giving me a positive rating on whichever podcast platform you are listening to. Uh, it does help me get my message out to more users to help improve their financial literacy. Uh, and for more information about my services, please visit behavioralwealthconsulting.com. Um, and if you'd like to hear about a specific topic on future episodes, uh, please email me directly at behavioralwealthconsulting@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.